Hey, listeners, new and old. Uh, this is our second of three planned uh, PopCon episodes from Indie PopCon 2015. Uh, this episode features an interview that me and Tiny conducted with uh, John Graham from The Independent Show and Figured Press uh, on the podcaster stage at, at the convention. Um, all the links to everything that he that he mentions uh, is in the show notes, and we look forward to checking out Independent Show and the Podcast Awards and all the other stuff that he talked about um, coming up soon. Uh, and also stick around after the interview because I'm going to put the clips from several of the clips of the interviews that we conducted at the booth uh, after the interview. Thanks again for listening, and hope you enjoy. should get started. You guys ready to go? Ready. Yep. yep. Sweet. All right. Well, I'm Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. I'm Tiny at Obsessive Tiny on Twitter. And this Not, is... Oh, go ahead. I was say, <laughs> I, I'm John Graham. I'm the uh, owner of Fidget Press and also the promoter of The Independent Show. All right. And this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast live at PopCon on the Amalgam Podcast stage. Uh, welcome. So we have here John Graham and... Uh, he is a man of many, many things. <laughs> like, what, what do you want to talk about first? Independent show or, uh, or fig, uh, is it Fidget or Fidget? Fidget. Fidget. So it stands for Finally I Got It Done. It's a cool acronym. <laughs> uh, but yeah, a lot of people think it's Frigid. I publish nothing cold. Um, <laughs> it is all Finally I Got It Done. I thought it was a cool, cool thing to call my press. Yeah. So. Uh, well, yeah, just a quick overview. Uh, eight years ago, I published my first children's book. I'm a huge fan of pizza. Is anybody else out there like pizza? Big pizza fans oh, over here? I love pizza. <laughs> Wonderful. So I liked it so much that uh, I wanted to secure pizza for Christmas Eve for the rest of my life. <laughs> so I wrote a book called No Sweets for Santa. It's about Santa Claus swearing off sweets on Christmas Eve because Mrs. Claus thinks his suit's getting a little too tight. <laughs> She's judgmental. And... Uh, so he goes around the world feeding the treats to his reindeer and gets hungrier and hungrier until he finds a house, that's our house, that leaves him pizza instead of cookies and milk. Uh, he gets so ecstatic that he leaves them extra gifts. So that was our tradition. Every, every Christmas Eve we make pizza for Santa. So that's, that's awesome. Kind of thing. So that's how the first, first story came about. Very cool. So, so Figured Press, uh, it, it specializes in getting self-publishing done for people is that yeah actually I, I do some consulting work on the side so if, if people if someone's out there like man I have a I have a, a book in my desk drawer and I don't know what to do next mm-hmm. I'm the guy that's like okay you only got a few dollars in your wallet let's get this thing out there let's see how we do it and Very I put cool. them with people cool. who who have different artistic talents different things like that we kind of get things done right on and what is your booth number for our, our listeners in the crowd here I'm at booth 643, so I'm right in the YouTube uh, podcast area, because that's the coolest area of the, the con. coolest area, yes. Definitely. I agree. <laughs> has nothing to do with our placement and the, and the uh, layout of the exhibit hall. Uh, <laughs> so why don't you tell us about Independent Show? All right. There's a show locally. Uh, last year was the first year for it, and it's called The Independent Show. 
And you can't see this on the air, but uh, I am holding <laughs> up a very cool sign that says Independent Show. Uh, what this show is, this show is for every person of any age that ever said, I want to make a comic, or I want to do art, or I want to sculpt something, create something, anything like that, but I don't know where to start. And I, I wanted to create a place where local artists, local creators get together and they share their experience there's workshops, and it's kind of geared to get people off on the right track. So um, it's twice a year, once in the spring and once in the fall. The next show is Sunday, November 15th at the Radisson Hotel on the west side of town. So, And i got lots of little cute flyers up here. After the podcast is done, we can, we can hand those out to people. Very but, cool. Do you have um, do you have any like famous local artists who are going to be there? Do you have anybody locked down yet for the November show? We typically have the entire indie web comics, or not the entire, but a majority of the indie web comics group um, usually is there. Um, it's it's more of a place for up and coming mm-hmm. uh, local creators. I try to keep it real laid back and real real casual, so it's not pricey. There's there's really no cosplay or superstars or things like that it's right. all about that that learning experience where you can go and just spend 30 minutes talking to somebody about what what your goals are and what they can help you with cool very cool i am um, i i've been kind of i've been very interested in the local kind of creative scene of of people like it's overwhelming how many very talented local artists are here at conventions and everything like last year was the first year we did popcon well the first year popcon existed but um we did it and that was kind of one of my first like forays into like really going to a convention like this and i was just overwhelmed by the amount of the amount of just really really incredible uh professional stuff that was there and uh, it's it's a little intimidating because it's tempting to just buy so much stuff. But yeah. um, it's really cool that Independent Show has this has this community built into it where you can kind of harvest uh, creativity and, and really um, collaborate and and really kind of feed off of everyone's creative energy. And because it's because any kind of creative output or creative effort is, at least from my perspective, maybe this is saying something psychologically about me, but it's marred by just, you know, kind of, you can get kind of overcome with, with doubt and stuff like that, and it's, it's cool to have a, a, a safety net or something, someone, a group that is very interested in the same things and experiencing the same things that you can kind of in, interact with and stuff. That's really, that's really cool. Yeah, the message really is, uh, if you get started correctly, if you just use the right tools to get going down the comic path or something like that, it is easier than you think it is. Mm. Um, unfortunately, a lot of people that come to me, um, usually teenagers have drawn an extensive comic book on type paper, and they've already lined everything up and did their own word balloons. And it's very hard to format that yeah. to fit a comic book. So if I can get to them quick enough and say, this is, this is the size, this is what you need to do, here's some quick and easy steps then they're off and running. They can have a comic book in their hands in less than a month. And that feeling that they have um, is great. I, I helped a sixth grade class. They, their assignment was make a superhero, create three attributes, and put them in situations to solve problems. Hmm. And so I worked with the teacher, and we made all those. Uh, they worked in teams of two, so we put each team of two into a comic book. And on the last day of school, we surprised them each with their own 
comic book featuring oh, wow. their art. And just wow. to see like sixth graders are like, wow, this is great. So that's kind of really my, cool. my vision going forward for organizations, for schools, for anything. Um, I, want it, I want kids to get out there and like know that they can create something mm-hmm. and have the potential of having it in a comic shop for a little while. Work with local comic, like comic companies, and just be like, "Hey, my comics at that shop." You know, I'm 10 years old, and <laughs> yeah. I've got a comic book out. You know, it's really not that tough. You just got to start right, right, and right. that's the biggest thing. That's really that's really awesome that you're you're fostering so much creativity out of, of people that don't maybe they like kids. They don't really understand how it happens or how it, how things get made and stuff, and it's really. Interesting that yeah, that it's uh, you're giving them an idea that they can do anything really. That's really awesome. yeah, this, this town is so full of creative people. With uh, mm-hmm. you look at the Art Institute, the Heron Art School, um, Butler University. There's a lot of really great creative programs, and I was amazed. I moved here two years ago, and I was amazed that there's so much creativity, but no one was really connected. Uh huh. And it kind of made it like, how do we connect everybody together? And then how do we get people out in front, the creative people, out in front of folks? I mean, you have conventions like this, like PopCon. And I love big conventions. I go to them all. Mm -hmm. But by the time you stand in line for this, the time you go over here and look at this star and this and that, you know, the time you can spend with the local creators is pretty limited. Mm -hmm. So instead of taking that one year, one time a year where you miss them, you know, let's try to make a lot of little events throughout the year that you can go to the library and be, oh, it's a comic creation day at the library. Or, or a good example is October 3rd of this year. I just worked it out with the folks who run Indie Family Fest in Carmel. Um, it's a yearly thing. It's all for families. It's all different family activities. Well, Independent Show is going to have a little section where kids can go and color their own comic panels, mm-hmm. meet artists, work with artists, and even, hopefully, if I can make it work, draw panels that go into a final comic that I'll then publish, and huh. they can see their work in a comic book. Um, so it's just more little isolated events like that around town to kind of keep the creative, the spirit of the creative crossroads of America. That's what I want to make Indianapolis. <laughs> so that is, that, that is right on. That's awesome. Yeah. So... With with your children's book, how did you? You said that you kind of started it with with your basing on your own uh, want for pizza, and, uh, and on Christmas Eve. So what? Where inspired you to actually like like push through that wall of uh, creative? I guess doubt. I, I guess where what what made you start? Uh, where did you get your start with with writing children's books and, and creative force like that? I think. I think like a lot of people out here in the audience, you have an idea, you might have something written down, and it took 10 years from the time I created the idea to the final product um, for me to publish it. But once I reached a point where I held my first book in my hand, you become a little addicted to it, yeah, and uh, (laughs) you start to research it, and then you start going to conventions like this, and you talk to creators, and you Mm -hmm. say, well, how do you do that, or how did you get that? And they give you a, a tip or a hint, and the next thing you know, you're using that. Um, to do your next comic, and I did a 
I did one called The Survivor's Zomanac. It's a zombie <laughs> survival. It's Mad Magazine meets The Walking Dead in the 1950s is really what it is. Um, oh, I that have, is fantastic. <laughs> I have a seven-year-old, so uh, while I was writing it, I try to keep everything appropriate for, like, ages seven and up. Mm. So he's not like, Dad, what are you writing? This is horrible. <laughs> you know, I don't have to hide my stuff from him. Um, but that just came from I had my ideas of what zombie survival was, and I thought some of them were pretty original. So I wrote this up, and um, we used Kickstarter to fund it. We did individual mm-hmm. issues, and it was really popular on Kickstarter, so it kind of made me go, all right, let's get the next issue out and the next issue, and now I have the graphic novel and different things like that. That's so, awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really fun book. Uh, Booth 643, I have these. Free print with purchase. There we go. All right, cool. <laughs> I will definitely be getting one of those. That is yeah. awesome. I, just seeing like the artwork on on the cover, at least I, the the title alone is it's so witty and clever to me. Like I'm I'm tickled by this is the second time this this weekend I've used the word being tickled for something. But <laughs> anyway, that's neither here nor there. But um, the Survivor Zombie Act that's that's awesome, and I like that it's for all ages because as a zombie fan myself, I don't think that there is a there is a young enough uh, there's a too young of an age for people to be interested in the uh, zombie lore and zombie uh, fiction and stuff because right. it's just such a it, I I love that kind of uh, fiction and of any kind and I I'm definitely gonna be checking that out. <laughs> it's at a few comic shops around town and uh, they tell me that it's grandmother approved because uh, <laughs> they say unfortunately with the popularity of Walking Dead, which it's not unfortunate. I love the Walking Dead. I think mm-hmm. it's great. Yeah. Um, but my 16-year-old son still hasn't read The Walking Dead. Oh, because wow. I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a little out of your league. I'm a little overprotective. Um, <laughs> so a lot of people, they know that their grandkids like The Walking Dead. They'll go in a comic shop and they'll be like, yeah, my nine-year-old grandson nice. wants loves this Walking Dead stuff on TV. Can I get the comics? And usually the comic shop owners are like. Let's kind of move you over here. There's the Survivor Zombie. <laughs> it's got some zombies. It's got a little gore nice. to make that you know nine year old not feel like he's the the wimpy kid. <laughs> yeah. But in the end, it's not like blatantly you know violent or language right. or anything like that, which I think is important. Nice. So it kind of gives them something to 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 enjoy nice. um, as they do it. So very cool. Very cool. That's very cool. And you also created a uh, if I'm. Am I mistaken, or did you create a custom comic for PopCon that you're, yep. you have at the booth? Can you, you want to talk about that? I have a uh, custom comic book that I created just for PopCon. It was kind of my big gamble. I've never done an exclusive comic before, uh, so this is the very first exclusive comic I've done. The cover is kind of a, a like a ode to the PopCon icons that you see all around. Uh, this features my characters, the Holiday Hooligans. And the Holiday Hooligans are pretty much angry holiday foodstuffs that are wreaking revenge on holiday partygoers everywhere. Uh, you have the gingerbread man, brute cake, karate cane, uh, the mangled mallow is a marshmallow that pulled himself out of a steaming cup of cocoa, but he's got a little brain damage because he got half melted. Uh, but he's like strong and angry. Uh, but in the end, they're like tiny, so they can't really do a lot. But uh, um, So it's 48 pages. There's four different stories in here uh, nice. of the holiday hooligans. And I wanted to do something. Again, I love local creators. I love local artists and things like that. So we got six different artists that are also here at PopCon. And they did special pinups just for this issue. Um, and I include a map to where they are. So the idea is you come to the booth. You buy the comic. It's $10. 
I can sign it for you. And then you take it around to all these other folks. They'll sign it for you for free. Oh. And then it comes with coupons for each of them, too. So you can actually, if you buy something at their booth, you're like, oh, I get a free comic with any purchase from Brian Weirich's booth at 534. Nice. So it's kind of like, it's kind of a way to just drive stuff back to the local creators and uh, offer something fun. There's only 40 that I created for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I just donated one to uh, a raffle. <laughs> so there's only 39 in the world, and I've sold eight so far. So oh, wow. 31 left. Um, <laughs> And I love these characters. My dream one day is to try to get a little cartoon or something going. So nice. um, if people don't buy it, then I will just keep the 20 in, a, in like a safety deposit box. And then when <laughs> it becomes a cartoon on TV or something, people will be like, oh, what's the rarest version of that comic? <laughs> like the Popcorn edition. And I have one left at $1,000. You know? <laughs> that is not a bad idea at all. Good point. Yeah. Good point. So, I like oh, yeah. But I would rather sell all 40 to 40 different people here. Um, yeah. And kind of get those out. But, yeah, I'll never print them again because it says PopCon edition on it. So 2015 <laughs> wouldn't make sense to print a 1,000 copies and put them in my, in my desk drawer or anything right, like that. So, right. um, But, yeah, it's kind of a unique thing. Just a fun – I've never tried anything like it, and I was really on the fence. Like, how many do you print? And I thought I'd rather just sell out and tell people on Sunday, like, I'm sorry, it was so popular. <laughs> Go on eBay and try to get one. You know, yeah. it's $100 now. Right. Uh, then uh, – then have like stacks and stacks and people come to my table and be like, I'll come back <laughs> later when you're doing the clearance sale. <laughs> well, I'm pretty curious about the uh, No Sweets for Santa book. Um, just because of the cover, there's like a sad-eyed Santa holding a carrot and celery. Um, <laughs> that is like so bold to choose for a children's book because you're taking two things and you're, you're uh, changing them. super sad. It's well, <laughs> celery. Well, kids love candy and kids love Santa, and you put a sad Santa holding holding vegetables on the cover. It's a really bold choice. I'm curious uh, why why you didn't. Uh, but I mean, I guess the story inside is pretty. Mm-hmm. It's pretty uh, redeemable because he gets the the junk food at the end. Uh, it's yeah, pizza, junk food. Pizza would, depending on what school system you go to, it's filled with all the uh, fruits and vegetables you need. Honestly, pizza is. Uh, <laughs> But uh, <laughs> according to the federal government, it's a vegetable. So yeah, yeah. I actually, uh, I actually have a teaching aid for this for like kindergarten, and oh. I go to schools and do readings. Oh, cool. And when you go through with kids, the reindeer are just chowing down all the sweets <laughs> and you could see Santa getting skinnier throughout the, the story and you see the reindeer like getting large and lethargic and they're like they're like dozing on a roof and their stomachs are upset so oh, I get to do a lot of little things like you know, what do you feel like when you eat too many sweets? And the kids are like, we don't feel good. And it's like, yeah, you're right. So not too soapboxy, but at the same time, it's lots of fun. Okay. I, I do have a song in here that I wrote for it also, and I have to tell you a funny story about that. Please do. Um, there's a picture of me. I was trying to do the song. Like, I was trying to think of what, what would be a good initial page for the song. And the, the artist for the book was like, you should take a picture of you in front of a piano because that would be like a good song intro so I was like okay that's yeah. great that's a good idea so there's a picture of me in there and I'm wearing a Santa hat and it's got got me in front of a piano so I did my first school reading and I sent them the book initially and uh, they had the entire auditorium it was like kindergarten through fifth grade in this auditorium I had powerpoint a microphone everything I was kind of nervous so I get there 
And the principal's like, Mr. Graham, we are so excited to have you here and read your book. And just to let you know, we did move a piano <laughs> into the auditorium so you could play your song for the kids. And I was like, what would give you the impression that I can play the piano? Because I obviously can't. And she's like, well, we looked in the book and there was a picture of you in front of a piano. So that makes perfect sense. And I was like, yeah, I can't. I can't play the piano. So they, they give the sheet music to the music teacher who had never played it before. And I was like... I was like, okay, kids, let's sing the song. And the teacher was like, try. It was just, it was really bad in the beginning, but it's a very, it's a very catchy tune. So it was very easy to get the kids involved and it turned into a good experience. But yeah, it was, I learned a lot that time. Now I have a disclaimer. I send the book, be like, warning, I cannot play the piano, but I have a jump drive that has like the music on it. Oh, nice. And now we can all sing along as a group. So yeah, I've got all sorts of crazy stuff on YouTube and and things like that's one of my favorite books so that's funny oh that's um, terrific i really relate to that because every christmas eve um my mother makes a uh, lasagna for the christmas eve mm-hmm. dinner uh we don't make it we never made it for santa but i think it's because it's like when the one time when we were kids it snowed really bad and my mom hadn't gone to the store to get whatever she was going to make like a christmas ham or whatever but she had the stuff to make lasagna so it just turned into a, into a tradition um nice. and so that really relate to that that's pretty fun um did you have like a similar experience is that why you made pizza on on christmas eve or is it just because you love pizza and it sounds it, you great? know what my wife made the best homemade pizza i mean i'm a little biased obviously nice. but <laughs> it is the best homemade pizza and i just wanted to make sure that we made homemade pizza at least once a year that had a really great thing and our pizza recipe is actually in the book too Ooh, um nice. so it's a it's like a wheat crust with some flaxseed in there mm. i say it's as healthy as you can make pizza and i don't <laughs> like say pizza's healthy it's it's probably healthier than some things but uh <laughs> but it is a healthy version of pizza it's absolutely delicious so i just wanted to make sure that we had that forever and ever um and i think traditions are really important yeah. um for anything with families um you know you really that's what you bring away from your your family life when you're young like oh yeah we always did this on christmas or do that yeah. and every time i go read for kids at schools and that um i ask them like, what do you leave for Santa? And that is a wild card question in Indiana and where I'm from, the state of Pennsylvania, because you hear all sorts of stuff. And sometimes you'll get people like, we leave pizza. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Believe it or not, the artist who did the art, we were talking, he leaves pizza for Santa. Really? That was his wow. family's tradition. And I was like, I guess it's fate. Let's make this book. So That's cool. So about this recipe, now, <laughs> we're going to turn into a cooking in show. That. So yeah. Uh, so if we, if you don't mind transitioning, we we are a movie and TV podcast, and I'm very curious because you are wearing a Doctor Who outfit. So, and we've been asking people at our booth what uh, fictional character or universe they would want to be or be in. So what would your answer to that question be? In the context of movies, and I'm going to sound really sad here, but. One of my favorite movies of all time, the movie that I always go back to and I keep playing over and over again, is a movie called Mystery Men. Has anyone out there ever seen Mystery yeah. Men? Okay. There you go. And it is, fans. I mean, I, it's not winning any Academy Awards. It's, <laughs> right. uh, but it has, like, William H. Macy and uh, just a ton of really popular people are in it. Um, but it's based on a comic book and that universe of, like, you know, it's just so funny. The shoveler and, you know, Mr. <laughs> Anger and the, you know, all these different crazy characters. And 
the bad guys are all like, it's the disco boys or the frat boys. You're always on double secret probation. <laughs> you know, that movie is just great. So that universe, I think, would be fun to, to exist in. Interesting. Follow-up question. What would your superhero be? What would, you, what would your character be? Probably like... <laughs> Man who reaches stuff from tall shelf easily. Um, tall guy. Um, I can relate to that. Yeah, you just described why I have Tiny with me. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the best superpower I get. Maybe have like one nice. extendable arm thing, so I'm super, okay. super long reach. I like it. I like it. Um, what... Uh, are there any movies or TV shows that have inspired your, your creative endeavors? Like, uh, did the, did the, uh, uh, the Survivor's uh, Zombinac, did that come from any uh, love of zombie, zombies or just, like, an interest in uh, uh, The Walking Dead or anything? I think, I think the zombie phenomenon caught all of this. I mean, everybody kind of knows what a zombie is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I work in a large retail distribution center, so I'll just spoil the first part of it. I think a large retail distribution center is the very best place to hole up in a zombie apocalypse. You have everything <laughs> nice. that you need, fences, semi-trucks, compressors, uh, uh, food, clothing, everything's there. So 12 years I worked in this place and worked out this master plan <laughs> on how to fortify a large retail distribution center. And I actually would oh, do panels awesome with people who would debate me and they'd be like no I would go to a super Walmart uh, (laughs) and that's where I would go and we'd have these in-depth discussions on what the best place is I do rank my top five um, but number one I think and I would challenge anybody after this if you think there is a better place than a large retail distribution center to stay during the zombie apocalypse we can have quite an interesting conversation on because I'm (laughs) almost positive that's perfect Um, one of my number one picks for a vehicle believe it or not um well, number two was a fire engine. I think everybody should be oh, driving fire nice. engines around all the time. <laughs> and finally, after, what, four seasons of The Walking Dead, they jump into a fire engine. Yeah. I was like, vindicated! That's awesome! <laughs> they finally listened to me. Thank you, Robert Kirkman, for reading the book I've been sending you every month. <laughs> so, number one is an ambulance. Where are all the ambulances at in the zombie apocalypse? Oh. That is the perfect vehicle. It's small. You've got a place to sleep in the back. You got wow. medical supplies, power. <laughs> I mean, and it's kind of a kind of a promotional thing to be like volunteer at your local fire department yeah. because that's going to yeah. save your life one day. Exactly. Or get a job at a retail distribution center because <laughs> right. then you can get the lay of the land. Uh, <laughs> things like that. But yeah, uh, Walking Dead, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, just great shows, um, and then all all those obscure B movies and stuff like yeah. that. I just, you know, I don't know where the the hooligans just came out from a thirty day character challenge where I had to create a character a day every single day for the month of November. Wow. wow. Yeah, it's called the 30 character challenge. It still goes on. If you want to test your creativity, join the 30 character challenge and write up something and draw something. Um, And I can't draw. Oh, wow. (laughs) The guy who talked me into it did not tell me it was a drawing thing. (laughs) And I was like, I'm working on a novel, so I'll just make my characters in there. He's like, no, no, you need to draw. So I started being like, what can I draw? (laughs) A gingerbread man who is now the ninja bread man and i can draw a candy cane and he's now karate cane and a marshmallow so i have a big thing in here about hey kids you know if you don't think you can do something still do your best at it and down the road 
you can always give that idea to some <laughs> artist and be like, hey, make it into a comic. And look, there it wow. is. So there's like a little motivational thing in here, too. Yeah. Oh, $10 gets you a lot. Yeah, it that gets is you a, a lot, very you know? good price for a that. A child is going to become famous cartoon or comic book writer just from buying this. So, oh, yeah. um, wow, I need some credit for that 20 years from now. Absolutely. <laughs> so. That, uh, that, that, that 30-day character challenge is, is very interesting. It, it, it's amazing. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, when, I, when I was a kid and, like, uh, this would have been fifth, fifth grade, and I can't believe I'm actually saying this to, to the public and everything, but um, for in reset, at recess time, I would have, like, a little notebook and everything. I'd, I'd like, draw these, like, little, like, characters thinking, like, okay, I can make, I can make a comic strip, but they're, like, little stick figures, but um, the uh, creative juices weren't flowing. So I had, like, green guy who was green <laughs> and blue, blue, blue boy who was blue. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so that was, that was my, uh, my, my attempt at comic, uh, comic It all drawing. counts, you know? It all counts. Yeah. If you but. still have that notebook... Give it to John. Yeah. He might be. We'll famous. make that thing into a comic book. <laughs> I think I may have actually found like a, like a sheet of paper or something in a folder when I was clearing out my, my parents' place because they just recently moved, like in the closet. But I think I think I threw it away because it was just oh. yeah. But we'll call it the primary color crew. Oh, Ooh, I, I like, like that. that. Just came up with that right here. I Patented. Like that. Copyright. <laughs> right. Say that. I'm writing it down. Exactly. Uh. <laughs> oh, that's terrific. Um, so yeah. So are you into any movies or TV shows like? currently or do you have any time to because you're you've got your hands full with a lot of stuff i don't have a ton of time um and this is gonna sound weird but it's whatever is on netflix Mm -hmm. is what i get into so i can watch it a season at a time as quick as possible Mm -hmm. um i have a seven-year-old son who's in the hall right now watching my table because that's how responsible (laughs) i am here son here's twenty dollars watch my table daddy's got an interview (laughs) no i got older kids too but uh um (laughs) but it's funny we we got rid of all cable and tv when he was born. Wow. Oh, wow. And just have Netflix. And so and I, I was, it's kind of like our psychological experiment to see what it's like. And the, the most unique thing happened when I took him to a barbershop at five years old. And he had never seen a commercial on TV up oh, to wow. that point. Oh, wow. And it, the, the barber's like, hey, well, I'm cutting your dad's hair. I'm going to put this on Nickelodeon for you, son. And he's like watching SpongeBob. And then all of a sudden his show stopped. <laughs> and a commercial came on, and my son looked at me like, "What is going on? Wow. <laughs> what is this thing interrupting my show?" So, so yeah, we're, we're he's so used to being able to be like, "I feel like watching this." Bang! I feel like watching that. No commercials. That's so, fascinating. Yeah, it's kind of a a social experiment yeah. that we're doing, I guess. That uh, what happens when you don't expose a child to commercials That's for wow. his entire life? I don't know. We don't mean to do it. I'm just. Right. I would rather pay eight dollars a month than a hundred dollars a month, and oh. I'd rather watch less stuff. Absolutely. But if it's not on Netflix, then I usually. Yeah. Don't get to. Watch, I don't like to watch things mm-hmm. on the computer or anything like that. So thankfully, Doctor Who mm-hmm. and a lot of other sci-fi shows are on yeah. uh, Netflix, so I can go back and like watch anything. But I, I think there's a that lot of great shows out there. I would have never seen The Quest without Netflix. And uh, Shondo is here, the guy okay. from The Quest. And I thought that was the greatest show ever, but they canceled it after one season. So oh, yeah. uh, if you have Netflix on your phone, watch an episode of The Quest, then go out and. I don't think a lot of people know he's here. He's, nice. He looks lonely at his booth, so you can like go get an autograph or something <laughs> that's awesome. from him. So that's that's a really interesting social experiment, even if it's accidental. Like 
my, uh, I, I have a nephew. I have, I have two nephews. One is about to turn four here in like a couple days. He kind of, like my birthday was yesterday, and, and he, he was born like four years ago, a few days after my birthday. So I was like, okay, well, that's the end of celebrating my birthday. But, um, <laughs> but anyway, he, he's about to turn four, and, and he's grown up without, uh, with, with his main source being Netflix and everything. And so like I remember one day we're just we're just sitting sitting in the living room and we're watching uh, TV like Nickelodeon or something and then it, it went to commercial and like he was like oh over it's over and I was like no nope, nobody that's this you is, turn this off the TV going to play Legos you're like <laughs> wait wait wait, wait. Like, no 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 there, there's more so it's it's really interesting to see to see where the industry where the entertainment industry is going to go once you know commercials knock on wood become obsolete right. um, and I know that like like Hulu there's a big big thing about people getting really really upset over Hulu having uh, having commercial breaks and like I like I grew up watching regular TV and it's like I'm like okay if you're if you're angry about Hulu plus having having commercial breaks and stuff I mean put it into perspective because it's like three breaks each commercials maybe what 30 seconds mm-hmm. and it's like you know there were time was where <laughs> when I was a kid you had to sit through like four minutes of commercials every 10 minutes or but yeah it's it's really interesting to see how the entertainment industry is is branching out and going away from I'm, I'm really hoping that it makes the uh, the Nielsen rating system obsolete like right. I think my my whole uh, the whole thing with starting obsessive viewer was to eventually take down the Nielsen ratings <laughs> um, that's the overall goal for this for this Thing. <laughs> I think it's amazing some of the technology that's changing and, and coming out to the forefront. You look at podcasting, I mean, there's a chance that half our audience here has never even heard a podcast before. Mm-hmm. I know two years ago, I didn't follow any podcasts or anything like that. Yeah. And here we are. I mean, it's, it's, it's exploded so much that it, it's just phenomenal. That, that, and anybody, anybody can, I guess, attempt to do it. Obviously, right. not anyone can do anything. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you can record in your your computer and you can put something out there get your opinions out there help people oh yeah um and i think it makes it such an amazing medium to to get your voice heard oh yeah absolutely and the uh the the podcast medium is just it's grown like the the president of the united states was just on wtf with mark maron a a podcast and it's it's just fascinating to me that the the president, while in office, went to a comedian's garage and recorded a podcast. <laughs> it's it's the just, power of podcasting. It's it's absolutely just mind-boggling to me. So, if anyone knows Obama, I mean, you know, the obsessive viewer is looking for a guest. We're open to <laughs> negotiations. Yeah. We, we are, yes. Um, I, one of the things I'm trying to do for the next independent show is have a local podcast award. So Yes, let's talk about that. I, I Yeah, uh, I saw the, the press release and... It, it was very inspiring to see that kind of vernacular used to describe podcasting because it is, it, for me at least, and, and I'm, I can't really speak for Tiny, but for me, like, it's a very creative outlet. And it's, it's right. really interesting to see people um, um, reacting to podcasting in, in that way. So what, what are the podcast awards? And, and tell us more about that. So on November 15th at, the, at 5 o'clock at the, at the Independent Show, um, with your admission costs, the independent show, you can sit in on the awards. We're asking local podcasters, it's kind of like 30 miles from Indianapolis, that's kind of our range, um, to submit their work in four different categories. And the categories would be a movie review, um, there's lo- a local geek 
uh, locale that you can uh, review, a uh, local geek celebrity or a local geek event. And the idea is um, have all this material coming in from local people, promoting local people, um, so we can kind of get everything together. And then they, those segments will be judged, and we'll have the very first Geek Podcast Awards, um, and we'll see how it goes. But I think I think people work very hard, and, and a lot of people think like podcasting. I'm just going to get a microphone and sit down and just record something and put it out, and everybody's going to be like, "Oh, it's amazing!" <laughs> but uh, but over the years, I've I've sat with podcasters, I've watched what they've done, and I am just like, "You are amazing for being able to." edit that and, and figure <laughs> out timing and, and there's so much that has to be done that, to create a good podcast um, so it's really not something anyone can do and we really need to recognize uh, the people locally that can do that um, you know and, and uh, there's podcasts across the United States podcasts w- and awards across the United States but there's nothing for just the geek oriented type thing in Indianapolis so uh, the, the plan is to have a good group Lots of fun awards, the four main awards, and then we're going to have like best voice, best editing, best promotion, you know, just other little smaller awards to go. And, you know, it's not going to get you a million dollars, but I think when you're starting out or you're a local creator, it's any kind of admiration or, or accolade you can get just helps fuel that creativity. And you're like, I can keep going. I can keep going. I want to keep doing this. So. Absolutely. And for our listeners at home, I am slipping him a $20 bill, just hoping that carries some uh, weight for the podcast. I won't be a judge, but uh, I will be tallying the results. So we'll see in November what happens. Very cool. Right on. That is is fantastic. I'm really, that's, that is so awesome because, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's so, I, I tell this anecdote a lot. When we started the podcast, we recorded it just at, at a friend's house and, he brought he borrowed his friend's equipment and he was setting it up and everything and I was looking at it, it as like is a lot like this setup here with a mixer and a laptop and and microphones and everything I'm like oh this is uh, this is overwhelming I don't know if I'll ever be able to get this so we'll just record on our on our laptop from now on and then and then like as soon as we recorded it when it, when it ended I was all like oh yeah that you know that was pretty good that was pretty fun and then it kind of hit me like oh this is going to be on the internet forever this is right. people are going to hear this and then Slowly, I just kind of, kind of just grew into, it. and it's it's something I really enjoy doing. And Tiny, what do you think of, of that? How what was your experience? Yeah, I felt the same way. I, I was really hesitant going in uh, when we first first started, but so many people told us we should do it because um, that's kind of like what me and Matt would do. We'd see a movie and then talk about it for hours. Mm-hmm. Some of them we'd talk about them at just ad nauseum, um, and so. When we, I was really hesitant about doing it because I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to articulate things properly and all that. Um, but once we were done recording it, I was like, I want to do that again. Yeah. And ideas just started flooded into my head. And oh, I was yeah. like, this, this is going to be a thing that we're going to do. And it's been just a, bla- a blast from there. So yeah. um, one of the things I was curious about is you said that um, you've used Kickstarter for your uh, the Survivor Zombinac. And... Um, have you used Kickstarter much? And if, if you have, like, what's been your experience with that so far? Because that's a huge thing that's helped so many people. I'm just curious about it. It is. I was an early adopter of Kickstarter. If you haven't ever heard of Kickstarter, it's called crowdfunding, where you can go view somebody's project and back it and get rewards or incentives or different things like that. Um, I've done 14 projects and 
13 or 12 were successful. Wow. So wow. I was an early adopter of Kickstarter. I do. I love it quite a bit. Um, I actually use it part for raising money and part for promotion. Okay. Uh, nice. I'm one of the few social network Kickstarters. It sounds weird. Uh, I've done some panels on it where um, even if I don't need to raise money for something, I would put it on Kickstarter um, with a very low goal just so people who search things up will be like, oh, that's happening in Indianapolis right now. Oh, cool. That's you know, very so the, cool. the first independent show, I put it out there on Kickstarter. I didn't really need to raise a lot of money, but I had people contacting me from other states who were on Kickstarter regularly, and they're like, this is a great idea. You know, I'll definitely support you, but how can we get something like this going in our state? And it just allowed me to reach a lot of people mm-hmm. that I would never reach through like a Facebook page or anything like that. So I'm a big fan of it. There is a formula for it, though. There is, it does require research. That's why mm-hmm. I tell people I've, I have so many folks that come to me and they're like, hey, I just started my project, and uh, can you give me some advice? And I'm like, well, you've started it already, so there's not much we can do. <laughs> and you ask for $20,000 for a comic book, oh, you know, because you, oh, you want to print 150,000 copies and put them in every comic store. And uh. so I, my primary thing I work with people on is like, how do we bring this in and get it to a manageable size right. um, and make it something that will actually be successful instead of like, I need $6 million because I think I want to retire based on your Kickstarter uh, <laughs> pledges. That's not how it works, unfortunately. I was, I was really surprised. The first Zomanac issue came out, and I had... I raised... I asked for $700. I raised $2,000. Oh, wow. And I developed, strangely enough a fan following in Australia and the UK. <laughs> and now every Kickstarter that I do, these guys are like, send it to the UK. And, you know, you have to charge more for that and yeah. different things like that. There's a formula for that too. Uh-huh. Um, but it, as an author or a creator, when you're like, hey, that guy in the UK wants, wants my <laughs> stuff again, or, you know, this person has my stuff in Australia, you feel really good about it. And oh, absolutely. No one in Europe would ever have heard about the Zomanac or anything else I've done mm-hmm. if I just would have been using my Facebook page to promote myself or my friends list. Huh. So you've got to have something that's free, that gets out to a wide audience, um, and then you have to make it so you can actually achieve your goal mm-hmm. um, and, and get that product out so people continue to follow you. So you're cool. saying that the obsessive viewer Kickstarter should be about $4 million? Is that, <laughs> that about right? I wouldn't do more than three. Okay. Um, and just say you need a little bit of equipment. Don't tell okay. me you need a mansion right. with a big soundproof room yeah. in there uh, nice. that you can Don't record worry, all day long So in your BMW. <laughs> nice. Don't worry, Tanya. I'll give you about 10000 of it. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll take it, actually. Yeah, Kickstarter That's fine. has been in the news lately, though, because mm-hmm. some people have overreached and not fulfilled their yeah. obligations mm-hmm. and, and that's that's a tough area to be in. Mm-hmm. I usually have something 95% of the way done and so while I'm running the Kickstarter I am finishing the last little bit and I'm getting those things to ship like the day after my Kickstarter is done. So that's another wow. reason why people like to follow me because they know, oh, he finishes Kickstarter in August and it is October 15th and I've got everything in hand and that's perfect. That is you know, awesome. I cool. back somewhere. I'm like, it's been two years and I'm still waiting. I still want to <laughs> see it. It looks really cool. <laughs> two years, I've totally forgotten that I even backed it. So, oh wow, wow. that's good. That's good advice. Yeah. That's um, very good. Speaking of advice, I've uh, 
based on what you've said, uh, what, what I've heard from so many creative types who've done podcasts and comics and just ind- independent publishing, they've, they've always said, you know, if you want to do something, just go do it. You know, don't, don't wait for the industry to catch up to you. Don't wait for the software to be there or right. anything like that. Just go do it. But it seems to me like you kind of say, like, you know, maybe talk to someone like you, for, you first before you even put pen to paper. And that way you can have all your formatting down and... Right, uh, you know, you don't have to worry about reformatting your whole book or your whole show or anything. So, is that kind of your advice to kind of talk to someone who knows what they're doing first before you really just go do it? Yeah, you, I mean, definitely have your idea planned out. But I have learned when you go to when I first started going to conventions. So a lot of people here, if it's your first convention, you spend a lot of your time in the vendor area, or the stars, yeah, and you mm-hmm. don't really get to all the side areas and. And once I got past that vendor thing and started visiting the local creators or creators in general, I realized that they love to help you. Yes. I mean, if you have a question for somebody, for anything, they, they're, they're not, it's not trade secrets. Mm-hmm. You know, if you come talk to me and you want to make a comic and you have your files done and you want to know a printer, I'm going to give you options on where to print. I'm going to give you the pro, the con, everything, because... It's not my special, like, oh, if you use this guy, I can't use him again. So I recommend having everything, having a good idea what you want to do, then just go to a place like this or the independent show and talk to people, and they will help you finalize your ideas or give you some tweaks and things like that. Okay. Now, anybody can really print a comic, a first version, and maybe it has a grammatical error or something in there they realize later. Um, as long as you're printing low print runs, you can fix it, and then you can print it again. Um, but I'm always a big fan of, hey, I'm going to go out and have somebody, have a friend read it before I actually print it. Yeah. You know, I try to still get it out in people's hands. Uh, and there's lots of great resources for that. So, yeah, helpful people. Creative people are super helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So if you go to Artist Alley and just talk to them, like, hey, I want to do this, or what can I do, or what, what art program do you use? You know, do you use Manga mm-hmm. Studio 5 or this or that? What kind of digital art tablet? They will share that information with you. They just want you to be successful, and that's kind of what the independent show is built on, is just people want you to succeed. And, and having somebody come in, the first show like we did, with his rough pages, and then all of a sudden, you know, he printed his comic, and he had a table at the second show. And that, to me, was like, I just won. You know, this, this creator got the feedback he needed, made his comic, got a table at the next show, and is now helping other people who want to do comics realize their dreams because he's just like, I just did this. It was scary. I know you're scared, but it can be done. I just did it. So wow. Finally, yeah. I got it done, right? Yep. Yeah, finally, I got it done. Fidget press. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, that's great. Well, as we're winding down here pretty soon, um, I just want to reiterate, like, th- this is just fantastic that you that you're part of this this bringing together creative forces to to kind of just collaborate and and to to kind of bounce off ideas. I think that's really great that that's I feel like the creative mind or the creative the creative person is is very open to to you know networking and and collaborate or collaborating. And it's just it's really cool that you're providing an independent show is providing this 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 area or this this location for for to attract young and, and new creative forces. And it's really, it's really, really great. 
Thank you very much. And I do have cards with the website on it, but it's Independent Show, I-N-D-Y, mm-hmm. Independent Show. Like Indy. Hey, that's kind of, <laughs> see what I did there? It's kind of cool. <laughs> uh, so you can go to the website, get all the information about the podcast awards. You can get information about the show in November. You can get a table if you're a creator. If you're an organization that's like, I've always wanted to do some comic-y type thing in my, in my library or, or for my group, um, you can contact me through there. Um, just what, whatever I can do to make the creative culture grow in Indianapolis is my number one goal for the next couple of years. Right on. That Very is fantastic. Cool. And uh, once again, where, where can we find you online and, and every, everywhere else? Where can we find Fidget Press and where is your booth? I'm at booth 643, so if you just go straight up aisle 600 all the way almost to the end, uh, I'm right there on the right-hand side. And you can find me at fidgetpress.com or independentshow.com. Uh, both are on the cards up here if you want to grab a card. And uh, like I said, we've got, what, 31, 31 exclusive comics left. <laughs> so visit the booth and get your copy today. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for, for being on and, and for talking to us. Thank yeah, thanks, John. Yeah, right. Much and, appreciated. Yeah, and once again, we're The Obsessive Viewer. You can find us at obsessiveviewer.com and find back episodes of the podcast at ovpodcast.com. And also, we have, we have a raffle at the booth where we're giving away DVDs that I don't really want in my collection anymore. Um, <laughs> And uh, we're doing an event in Irvington to support local filmmakers with short films. Our, our friends from Billy and Brandon Watch Movies, who are also in Internet Alley, um, they're going to submit a short film. They did it last year, and it's fantastic. We can't wait for it. It's going to be October 16th at the Irving Theater, and it's going to be basically short films screened from local filmmakers and then interviews with them, and all the money is going to go toward uh, the Irvington Historical Society. Uh, we, we, got to, we got to donate some money last year to them from last year's event and just the the happiness that it brought them was awesome and we're really looking forward to doing it again so again that's October 16th the Irving Theater you can find more information on that at obsessiveviewer.com or at shocktoberandirvington.com and uh, come see us at our booth 637 Uh, yeah thank you guys thanks thank you very much thank you thank you thank you please grab a card grab a card Oh yeah, there are flyers for Obsessive Viewer up here as well as Independent Show, everyone. Alright, that was our interview with John Graham. We would like to thank him for being just such an awesome guest and thank the uh, PopCon organizers for uh, hooking us up with him to get, to get him on the podcast stage with us. Um, now we're going to now I'm going to put the booth recordings from uh, the people who visit our booth who have who have a YouTube channels, podcasts of their own, any affiliation with any of the vendors or exhibitors or any projects that they wanted to promote, all those all those uh, recordings can be found here in this episode. And check back next week for the uh, the final PopCon 2015 episode, which will be um, me and Tiny just kind of breaking down how we felt about the convention and also the rest of the uh, considerable amount of uh, booth recordings that we got over the weekend. Um, throughout the weekend, we were asking people what – fictional character from a movie or TV show they would want to be or what fictional universe they would want to be a part of. Uh, and we got a lot of really great responses. And finally, before we get started on these, uh, make sure you go to shocktoberandirvington.com where you can find, where you can find all the information you need, uh, in the coming months about Shocktober and Irvington 2, which is the event we're going to be throwing at the Irving Theater in Irvington, 
uh, to support local filmmakers and uh, and benefit the Irvington Historical Society. So check that out, and we hope to see you guys there. And here's the booth of recordings. Thank you. All right, here I have my friend Chad from the Secular Perspective podcast that we do together, and he's going to answer the question that we've been asking everybody. All right, so apparently the question, according to this paper that I see on the table, is if you could be any fictional character or in any movie or TV universe, what would it be and why? I've actually thought about this at great length to make myself go to sleep at night sometimes. I would, I would kind of almost have to be a hybrid, okay? I, like, I've genuinely thought about this. Like, I, I would need to have force powers, like, I'd kind of have one to be a Jedi. Okay. But, and, and, that's, and that's just out of sheer laziness. So, like, you know, you don't have to get up and just force pull something over to you, <laughs> force push, you know, flip the light switch off, whatever. That, that's from sheer laziness. But, you know, with it comes the lightsaber, of course. Okay? But, on the side of that, my other hybrid part, I have to have Wolverine's uh, healing powers. Because you know I'm going to freaking cut my arm or leg off with the lightsaber. So I need to be able to fix myself. Okay. Yeah. And claws wouldn't be that big of a thing. I don't know if that's necessarily a superpower as much as it was just kind of a mutation. Mutation. It was just more of a mutation rather than a superpower. But it's awesome. but it's But it's still, you know, same time, though, healing is kind of a mutation, too. Yeah. So whatever. I won't get into the semantics of it. But, yeah, that's kind of that's mine. So uh, anyway, yeah, if you guys uh, like Obsessive Viewer Podcast, go check out me and Tiny over at uh, Secular Perspective. Shameless plug. <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. Do you want to do it? So, all right, well, uh, first tell us your name and where you're from. Christina from Indianapolis. All right, well, welcome to PopCon, and you have a you have a what, YouTube channel, mm-hmm. right? Uh, do you want to tell the tell the audience uh, where you can find you? I'm an amateur voice actress, and you can find me at slykitsune.com. Great. Uh, link to that is in the show notes, as, uh, as always. So what we're asking people is we're asking what... Uh, fictional movie or TV character they would want to be or what fictional movie or TV universe they would want to be in and why. Um, so how about you? Mikasa from T- Attack on Titan because she's really awesome and she saves everybody's butt all the time and I really love that character. Nice. I've not gotten a chance to watch Attack on Titan. I know. I know. Shame. I know. <laughs> last year, last year, so many people that were at our booth were talking, talking it up, and everything. I've seen, I've seen the books and everything at, at like the bookstore and everything. And I just, I haven't gotten a chance to get into it. So I'm really, I'm, I'm anxious to get into I it. I have two videos on my channel, and I've done voiceovers for this character and several other characters from it. So. Fantastic. That's awesome. Well, check that out on YouTube, and the link is in the show notes and everything. And thank you so much for thank stopping you. by. See ya. All right, so why don't you tell us your name and where you're from? I'm Pat from Evansville, Indiana. I'm from the Nerd You're Looking For podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio. Also check out our blog, thenerdspodcast.com. Great. And uh, you, you handed it to me while I was taking a drink. I thought you were just going to go straight into your answer. Well, you have to ask me the question. <laughs> Why didn't... You're not good at this. <laughs> it's a deliberate tactic. I'm trying not to say the an- say the question over and over again in every clip. <laughs> so, okay. So, do you have an answer for our question that we've been asking all weekend? Yeah. I mean, it was tough because I'm a huge nerd. So, I mean, there's so many things to choose from. I originally thought of Thomas Jane's character in Hung because he gets to put a lot of P and V. <laughs> But I've never actually watched an episode of that show, so I figured that probably wouldn't be the greatest answer. 
but um, the more I thought about it, the more I kind of went to Seinfeld, Jerry Seinfeld's character in Seinfeld, which obviously he kind of plays a fictionalized version of himself. He's not a good person, but let's be honest, I'm not the best person. So that kind of makes sense for me. But he, I mean, obviously he's a famous stand-up and he does stand-up in the show and he's fairly popular in the show. Um, and so, I mean, obviously that would be my dream to kind of work as a touring comic. So that'd be pretty cool. But the thing that kind of brought me to, to Jerry Seinfeld in Seinfeld is the fact that they make a joke about how he always breaks even. Like, there's an episode where he, they figure it out, and he's like, he just like tosses $20, and then like, he, he's going through his pockets and he finds $20. Like, and I think it's so clever because in the show, throughout all of the episodes, it's like, he has Kramer who kind of just falls into stuff. Like, he's, he never has to work a day in his life because he kind of just falls into money. And then he has George who always screws it up and he always loses things I mean most of it's his own fault because he's a terrible person right, right. and Jerry's kind of like the medium between the two of them and so I think that's just so clever and I would love if I could just break even <laughs> so that's my answer that's a really good answer. It's funny because we've get we've been getting a lot of like Batman and Iron Man because they're billionaires and they're yeah. rich. But no, no, Pat Coon from the Nerds Are Looking for podcast just wants to break even. And uh, and once again, where can we find your podcast and everything? And also, uh, do you want to do you want to plug like where you do where you do open mic and stand up and stuff in Evansville? Sure. Um, well, you can find our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, basically any podcasting directory. We're on it. Um, our companion blog nerdspodcast.com we also have a companion youtube channel so check that out um i do stand up pretty much every monday night at lamasco's it's a bar in evansville i'm trying to get some more shows here and there like um i want to do a there there's an open mic at a a place and called rachel's cafe here uh, well it's close to here it's in bloomington so i'd like to start doing that but um right now it's just lamasco's in evansville fantastic well thanks pat all right thank you like someone I want to be friends with, I would actually like be them. Okay, well, you can be you can be a character in the universe who is friends with. Okay, that's a question. All right, so first, why don't you give us your name and where you're from, and also uh, what you're here for uh, for for your booth? Okay, hi, I'm Sarah, and I work for Heartland Film, and I'm exhibiting today and just kind of exploring and checking everything out. Um, and if I could be in a fictional universe, I'm trying to think. I love the show Breaking Bad, even though it's, like, really scary. I don't know. I love Jesse Pinkman, so I would love to be friends with Jesse, even though he gets into some shady stuff, I guess. That's a really, really good answer. I, uh, we haven't, we haven't gotten a Breaking Bad answer yet, and uh, we, actually did a, we actually did three episodes uh, for the final episodes that came out. Like, every, every time an episode aired, we record about it, so we have, like, three episodes that's all about the end of Breaking Bad. Um, what do you think of the finale and all that? I liked it. I want to go back and watch it again. It's been a while since I saw it. I know it was. I was just sad it was over. So I'm pretty sure nothing can like meet my expectations. But I thought it, I thought it was pretty pretty good. I'm glad to see Walt go down because he I, after the season four finale, I was done with him. I was like, I can't I can't support you anymore. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That 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 whole series had some of the best like characterization and character growth I've, I've ever seen on TV. It was it was phenomenal so all right well thank you so much sarah and uh good luck on the raffle thank you awesome all right well uh just go ahead and tell us your name and where you're from 
Yeah, Jonathan Wilson, uh, Indianapolis, Indiana. All right, right on. So we're asking people favorite or a fictional movie or TV character they would want to be or a fictional universe they would want to be a part of. Uh, so what's your answer? Uh, so many. Uh, I'm going to go with Doctor Who. Doctor Who? Doctor Who, nice, nice. Uh, would you want to be a doctor or a companion? Uh, most definitely the doctor. Of course, of course. And uh, you have Cloudy Sky Comics. That's the name of it, right? And where you can find Cloudy Sky Comics online? Uh, you can, well, you can find it on Facebook and uh, also on the website, cloudyskycomics.blogspot.com. Uh, right on, right on. Awesome. Well, thank you. All right, so first off, why don't you tell us who you are and where you're from? Uh, my name is Brent. I'm from right here in Indianapolis. Okay, cool. Um, and did you have an answer for our question? Yeah, if I could be any character, I'd probably be Homer Simpson because he's my favorite anyway. But he always seems to screw up and he gets to do what he wants, but it works out in the end. So, you know, you could get, I don't, I'm not a big drinker, but you can eat as much as you want, but somehow he stays the same. So, right. That's awesome. Um, and did you want to promote your podcast or do you not on the air anymore? Or? Uh, not on the air, but my name is Brent. And oh, can I promote, promote my stand up CD that's coming out? It's uh, August 7th. It's called Mr. Turkey. The, it's uh, a, so when I substitute teach, that's what kids called me, Mr. Turkey. So, and it comes out August seventh on iTunes. Awesome! It'll be on iTunes. Do you have a website or anything like that, or Twitter or anything like that? Yeah, it's brentcomedy.com, and my Twitter is at brent terhune. It's T E R H U N E. All right, that's really cool, man. I'm looking forward to that. I might check it out. Yeah, cool, man. Thank you. All right, thank you. So, why don't we start with uh, saying your name and where, uh, name where you're from and your YouTube channel? Uh, address uh, i'm christopher lester my youtube channel is the oshawa 17 and i'm from indiana nice right on and so what uh what universe or character would you want to be in or be a part of initially i would say the pokemon universe but last time i checked spear tomb i wouldn't want to do that so the one piece world nice nice and why don't you tell us a little bit about your youtube channel uh, I do movie commentaries and movie reviews. I'm just starting out, so it, there's not much there, but it's a work in progress. Very nice, very nice. What uh, what is what was your what's your favorite one to uh, favorite movie to com- uh, do a commentary for? Uh, if I had to do the movie, I would want to commentate over the most would be The Room by Tommy uh, Wiseau. <laughs> nice. They're doing a midnight screening, a midnight screening of The Room at Keystone Art this weekend, and I was super bummed because I went last year and they did it. And it's. Have you ever seen it like in a theater? Because it's so. Uh, much no, fun. I've only seen it on DVD. But to see it with an audience, that'd just be a dream come true. Oh, it's it's a blast. Like if you can find a screening of it, like I I highly recommend going to see it because it's such it's so much fun. Uh, th- thank you. Thank you. Okay, so I'm here with uh, Brizzy from Brizzy Voices. She's a YouTube sensation. She does really incredible uh, impressions on YouTube. And uh, all weekend we've been asking everybody what their favorites or, or like what character they would be from any movie or TV show. And Brizzy actually has an answer for us. Yeah, it'd be Hermione from any Harry Potter movie. <laughs> uh, why is that? Because uh, she's super smart and awesome and magical. <laughs> awesome. That's a great answer. Um, yeah, I actually found your channel uh, probably six months ago. We were doing an episode about Nickelodeon, and I found your Nickelodeon impression video. <laughs> and uh, your uh, Phil and Dill from Rugrats is, like, impeccable. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Enough. 
<laughs> That's absolutely perfect. Um, I'm curious, uh, how do you how do you choose your characters? Could you just always do voices, or is it just like you find a you find a knack for it whenever you watch stuff? I never noticed that I always did voices. I don't know. I just decided that I really liked doing voiceover things a few years ago, and uh, I basically just try any characters that I like and see if it works out. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, well, thanks for talking to us, and I uh, hope you had fun this weekend. Sure, thank you. You too. <laughs> okay, uh, why don't you tell us what your name is and where you're from? Hi there, my name is Cesar Ortega. Uh, I work for 8-Bit Studio, and we're here promoting our video game, Scara The Blade Remain, which is in Steam Early Access right now. Very cool, very cool. That sounds like fun. Um, so we've been asking everybody what their favorite uh, or who they would be uh, on a movie or TV show, which character they would choose, and uh, do you have an answer for that? Actually, that is, is, a, is a hard one. Um, um, I, I'm thinking about Predator because I really, really like uh, that they just kill aliens for a living, pretty much. <laughs> That's a really cool answer. Uh, that would be awesome. Um, so, uh, real quick, is there is there any way we can uh, find your your game somewhere? Is there a website we can go to? Yeah, absolutely. You can um, again. You can you can check it out in Steam. Uh, the game is called Scara the Blade Remains, and uh, yeah, our website is Scara the Blade Remains dot com, and we also have a Twitter which is Scara TBR. Awesome, that's really cool, man. Well, good luck with your game, and thanks for stopping by. Thank you very much. All right, I'm here with uh, Chris Spangle of We Are Libertarians. And uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce introduce yourself, since I already did it for you. But uh, tell us about tell us about We Are Libertarians, and also uh, answer the question for us. All right, I'm Chris Spangle, and uh, you can check out our podcast at We Are Libertarians. We're a political podcast. And no, my voice doesn't always sound like this. I have half a voice box, thanks to laryngitis. Um, my co-host Greg, I gave him laryngitis too, so we're mute. Nice. Great for podcasting. Uh, and... Uh, been a big fan of uh, the Obsessive Viewer podcast the time I was on it. Um, nice. Every other time, it was pretty uh, pretty okay. No. Uh, <laughs> no uh, uh, so, if I were going to be any fictional character, I would be Arnold Schwarzenegger in True Lies. Because True Lies. that are pumping iron. Okay. Uh, <laughs> No, I love Arnold in that movie because he is, um, I think Arnold in real life is funny, charismatic, confident, smooth, married to Jamie Lee Curtis. It, that's, no, that's not right in real life. But in that movie, he kind of portrays that and he succeeds under all kinds of different circumstances. And I just think he's a general all around badass. Um, in most of his movies, but for whatever reason, that was like the perfect blend of his humor and his badassery, and uh, I just really like True Lies. Um, the other character that I would be would be Steve in the Tao of Steve, who, he is a fat, chubby guy who really does well with women. So, uh, something that all of us on the Obsessive Viewer, well, really any podcast, can aspire to be, so... That is uh, the dream. That is the dream. Yes. So best of luck to you as you uh, try and mate with nerd girls this weekend, Matt. Uh, Tiny, I know, has a girlfriend, so he's probably already mating somewhere. He's not in the booth, so I don't know what they're doing. But, uh, yeah, so thanks thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks, Fangle. <laughs> I do. Nice. 
All right, well, why don't you go ahead and uh, give us your name and where you're from and, and where you can find your podcast and what your podcast is about, and then uh, give us the answer to uh, our question here. Um, I'm Leland McNally. I do a podcast, a wellness adventure podcast called um, The Obnoxious Optimist. And you can search for that on iTunes, yeah. I love that name. That's awesome. We're getting that a lot. If we only had good content, that'd probably be better, but we have a name. <laughs> the content will come. Yeah, you can thank Spencer for the name. He came up with the name, and I stole it from him. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, so how about the answer to our question here? I'd like to live on the Death Star. I think that'd just be a nice living environment, you know, clean, organized. How about you? No? Until it blows up. No, no that was in the movie. I, I want to live on it like the next, like, version 2.0 Death Star. So the Death Star from Return of the Jedi, that got blown up? Oh, they, they all get blown up? Uh, yeah. Oh. I think that's just the nature of the Death Star. <laughs> yeah. So you want to live in a fully functional Death Star that is not... Okay, so would you like it to be part of the Empire or, or not, just not without the Rebel I, Alliance? I think, I think I'd like to live in a suburban Death Star. Okay, okay. I like that. Okay. It, it looks like it would be a nice, like... Uh, <laughs> In a different context, it would be a nice like retreat for for people like like a nice vacation uh, place for people who want to get off the Death Star because they know it's going to blow up. They can come to the suburban Death Star, just get away from all the busyness of the original Death Star. I I like the way you think. I like that. I like that. So, uh, how about you? Uh, um, I think I would probably like to go with the Robotech universe. Okay, nice. Uh, why? Out of the I don't know. That's. That, that 80s anime stuff with, and the motorcycles and the transforming jets, that's just, I don't know, it was always my thing. <laughs> right on. I like that. So, uh, once again, where can we find your podcast and what, what's it called and all that? You can find us on Twitter at TOO Podcast and then um, on iTunes at Podbean and Stitcher at The Obnoxious Optimist. The Obnoxious Optimist, uh, an Indianapolis-located uh, uh, wellness podcast. Right on. I'm here with the ladies from Hypable Podcasts, and uh, uh, first of all, why don't you guys say your names and, and where you're from and talk about Hypable and the different podcasts you guys have. Hi, I'm Danielle. I'm from a northwest suburb of Chicago, and I'm on a few of the podcasts, Rewatchable is my main one, um, and I guest on some of the other ones. Very cool, very cool. Uh, I'm Danya. I'm from the UK. Um, I'm on a couple of different Hypable Podcasts, Rewatchable Hero Hype and Not Another Teen Wolf podcast. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much me. <laughs> Very nice. I'm Karen and I'm from upstate New York and I'm on Rewatchable, Not Another Teen Wolf podcast, Book Hype, and Onceable, which is a Once Upon a Time podcast. Holy crap. <laughs> I admire your work ethic. <laughs> I'm like barely doing one podcast and it's like... It's 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 very uh, very time consuming. So we're asking people what fictional character they would want to be, or what fictional universe they would want to be a part of, and why. And uh, so, who wants to go first? I guess I do. Okay. Um, I would most like to be Peggy Carter because she is a wonderful human being and a great role model, and she just kicks a lot of ass. <laughs> Um, and if I can live in any fictional universe, I would definitely choose the Wizarding World because it has so many interesting aspects to it. While it can be slightly dangerous, there are so many like fun new things that people can do. And honestly, my life goal for myself is to be able to fly like solo. So if I lived in the Wizarding World, that'd be done. Very nice. That's an awesome answer. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> okay. I would probably be Hulk Guy just because... 
I have a it's a running joke across every single podcast we do I have a mild obsession with Hawkeye uh, okay. just just in general so yeah that's probably who I would be um, I kind of like just how flawed he is as a human and uh, he's trying to keep up with everyone in the superhero world which again we're all human at the end of the day so uh, I'd really love that and as for the universe I'd live in probably Star Trek oh nice I uh, since we last spoke last year at PopCon, I started watching Star Trek, and I'm on, I'm still on the original series, but I mean, I've, I'm my goal is to watch all of it. So, yeah, what what part of the Star Trek universe would you want to be in? Um, I would probably say I I'm most into like the original series stuff, and I guess the the reboot of the original series in the movies. So. That's the kind of thing I would do. I would want to be on a starship, uh, any kind of starship. I would love to be in command because uh, I, I just love like not necessarily the captain, though that would be very very nice. But I would love to be in like the command section of the ship. So yeah, I would love to do that. Nice. That's a great answer. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Okay, so the character I would most like to be would be Scott McCall from Team Wolf because he is an incredible human being who got given these powers that he didn't really know what to do with and he became such a wonderful leader because of them and I just really admire his take on humanity and giving everyone a second chance. I think that's really important. And then, although my first instinct would be to say Hogwarts, I'm not going to do that because Danielle took that. So, second choice would be the Percy Jackson world because totally love those books. I think they're amazing. I'm obsessed with Greek mythology, and I think it would be awesome to be a demigod and have powers based on who your godly parent is. Who wouldn't Who wouldn't want that, though? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, is, that is an awesome answer. Great. Yeah, it's awesome. All right, well... Uh, where where can we find Hypable Podcasts? Like, where where can we find everything? Okay, well, um, you can just go to Hypable.com or on Twitter. It's at Hypable, and that's H-Y-P-A-B-L-E. And from there, you can find all the podcasts we have on the site as well as all the news we cover. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's great. Uh, I'm Jess Hooker, uh, co-host of Off the Air Podcast with Chick McGee. Yay! He's the other co-host. And I would want to be the first female Doctor Who. That is such a great answer. That is awesome. Yes. Yes. <laughs> now, Chick, the gauntlet has been set. I don't, I don't even know if I need your answer now, honestly. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Hi, I'm Chick McGee, a co-host of the Off the Air podcast, and I would like to be uh, the first female Doctor Who. <laughs> I didn't think you could top it, but yes. That was, yes. Such, that was, such, a great, that was such a great answer. How can you top that? That is perfect. That is absolutely perfect. So how are you guys liking this year's PopCon? It's good. It's good. It's way busier than last year, right? Right? It's right? really, really busy. It's yeah. great. It's, yeah. like, it's like as busy as it was last year, only a million times busier. Right. Very true. Very it's insane. True. All right, so why don't you tell us uh, where you're, uh, your name, where you're from, and uh, all, where you can find all your all of your stuff. Um, I'm Alexander Oriarden. Um, I live in Indianapolis on the southeast side. Um, I went to IUPUI, and I am a writer and artist. Uh, my current book out now is called The Tall Poppy, Gods of Egypt. Um, it's a novella on Amazon. You can get it for 99 cents, and it's basically a fantasy kind of version of Egyptian mythology, specifically the Osiris myth. 
but it's told from the perspective of the god Set, the god of the desert, who is actually the one who murdered Osiris. So it's a very interesting twist on the whole um, Osiris myth. Very nice, very nice. And, uh, yeah, so we're, we've been asking this question to everyone, and uh, what would your answer be? Um, I had to think about it a little bit, and the best I can come to is the Q, just because he can kind of really do anything he wants to, but I do find that there is a problem with that in that the fact he's never happy because so I don't know if this is allowed in the rules of the question, but it would be a somewhat of a mix of the Q and the doctor because the doctor has morals, he has values though he can almost virtually do anything he wants to, he has a sense of responsibility of doing things so though he has to suffer sadness in that Equally, when he gets to be joyful, there's so much more celebration in that. While the Q is just constantly bored with his life, so that's a great answer. And yeah, it's uh, especially with with like the doctor. It's that dichotomy of, of of you know keeping control of like you know his morals and the things that he needs to do to keep like the balance. The balance. That's the word I'm looking for. The balance between that and you know his history and, and all that stuff. It's like those are the most those are the best, most well-rounded characters, in my opinion. Those kind of tragic kind of figures, and like those kind of answers are the best for me because it's you kind of take the good with the bad, and it's not like you you're like, oh, I want to be, uh, uh, I don't know, I, yeah, yeah, I want to be a godlike figure because nothing bad happens or anything. So it's it's nice that you incorporate that into your answer. So. So where once again, where can we find your work, and what do you have stuff uh, coming out soon, or, or anything in the works too? Um, I have a fan page on Facebook called Alex Oreo Art. Um, Oreo is spelled O apostrophe R I O. If you want to bring me Oreos, that's fine. I love Oreos. <laughs> um, I am working on the sequel, which is just called The Tall Poppy. The Gods of Egypt is kind of an introduction to the mythology because the book itself is historical fantasy. So. I felt a lot of people might not know Egyptian mythology, so the novella is kind of a good buffer into the main story. And right now I'm projecting that it will be out next year in May. And then in two more years, depending on, you know, my day job and it ca- like that, I'm projecting the next book is called The Pool of Iron, which is going to be Norse, Celtic, and early Christianity, like that whole northern area and the conflicts between those pantheons. That is that's terrific. That's that's awesome. Uh, well, thank you so much, and uh, we'll get you we'll get you a DDV and stuff and all that. So thank you. All right, so I'm here with the guys from Linear Radio, and uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us where you can find Linear Radio, what it's all about, all that stuff, and then we can get you answering the question. All right. Well, we are. Well, you can find us on YouTube and Twitter, but I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm not very good at the whole Twitter thing. Um, we're the Linear Radio. Uh, that's our URL on YouTube. Um, we do lots of Let's Plays, and we're trying to crank, rank out how many podcasts we do. Ideally, what we want to end up doing, like, once uh, one geek cast a week and, like, maybe a nearly one week, nearly news a week. And nearly news is, like, just kind of, like, reading the headlines, talking about that. Like, yeah, I don't know if that's everybody's cup of tea, but we, we try to make it fun, interesting. Nice. Yeah. So, so, the question. The question. <laughs> the embarrassing question <laughs> is, uh, what fictional character would I be in any universe? Uh, probably be Naruto. Probably be Naruto. Okay. 
What's yeah. that from? I'm I'm not familiar. The series is also called Naruto. He is okay. the protagonist of Naruto. <laughs> but um, and why would you choose uh, that particular one? Uh, growing up, like being a teenager and stuff, I really like connected with that character. I mean, if you look at me, he's also a blue-eyed blonde character who was very much like he didn't have any friends and stuff and like wanted to prove himself and he also like I don't know his value system like he was very like um was I don't want to say not radical but like righteous like, he had like a right like like he had a very noble sense of right and wrong and I really uh really stuck with that like, I really liked it and the abilities and the power the special powers they had were not very like typical of what we got growing up with most like western medias and stuff it's like oh he's super strong it's like well he's super strong like sure he's stronger than most people but he worked hard at it and there's like reasons why they have the abilities they have and things like that it was a more different world than most um fictional things that we that i'd seen at that point so it really uh, got my attention Nice. That's a great answer. I, we haven't had that before, and uh, I love the the reasons behind it are so like so like uh, clear. Like like you have very clear reasons for it. That's uh, that's really great. Yeah, I have a very like atypical view of it. I think because like w- one thing one thing about it that always gets me is like Naruto itself though is kind of stupid, which always bothered me. Right. He's not he's not the brightest bulb, but he has like the most perseverance and stuff. But I I do actually want to do a series, or not a series, but it's like an, a show where I talk about Dragon Ball Z versus Naruto because all the other a lot of like other anime people I knew who just were typically more mainstream and like you know not into the whole anime genre. These, Anyway, I'm going to just go talk over this. They, they, you know, they're always like, "No way, man! Dragon Ball Z, like, 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 it's like, it's like talking to like, uh, like the, jo- like, it's really weird how it's like almost kind of jockey. It's like, it's like, okay, yeah, dude, you're so much cooler than I am with my other, with my nerd thing, that nerd thing. A lot of like posturing. Yeah, and like, I mean, I look at my whole point is like looking at it very like a. Uh, from a liter- literary standpoint and, like, the progression of stories and things like that. Like, it's much more intriguing. It's got more diversity as a thing. Great. That's awesome. How about you guys? Introduce yourself first, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm Biafra. I'm also from uh, Linear Radio, and I guess my fictional character would be uh, Luffy. He's from One Piece and also an anime. Okay. And, um... Basically why I picked it is I've stuck with this anime for over 676 episodes. Holy crap. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I've... It's... The way the story's portrayed and, like, told, it basically gets you attached to these characters. Nice. So, the reason I picked him is because, like, the way he grows up, he has no friends, and he, like... The show is based around pirates. Okay. And... Okay. Their powers are based on, like, they eat these fruits, and these fruits give him, like, crazy powers, like, be able to, like, turn into fire, or, like, his power makes him into, like, a rubber person, 
so he could like stretch his body and all these crazy like um, weird things so nice. like bullets don't affect him and all this swords and stuff don't affect him but he also can like expand his body to like obnoxious like sizes and blow up battleships <laughs> that's awesome but the drawback from eating these like fruits you like lose the ability to swim so being huh. yeah being a pirate is like kind of like you kind of don't want to be on a ship because yeah. if you fall into the water you're kind of screwed <laughs> that would be a little uh that would that would add a wrinkle to it for sure yeah, but, like, over, like, the course of the show, like, people, like, they hate his personality because he's really dumb, but because he's, like, dumb, he's, like, warm-hearted and he actually cares about people, and he, like, people gravitate towards him. Nice, So, nice. like, I just, like, love this show because I stuck with it so long. Nice, and, nice. But, I don't know, it's, it's hard to, expl- like, talk about it because, like, either you people hate the show or they like it because it's so long. Yeah. And that happens a lot with long she- series. So. Yeah, and that's, I mean, if you can get that emotional investment in it, it's, I mean, it's its like a drug. I mean, you just, you know, you're in it for the long haul. Yeah, like, I don't know if that's the best analogy to make, but it's but it's definitely something that uh, is definitely rewarding. Yeah, like, there's times where I was sitting there watching the show and, like, I bawled my eyes out because of, like, certain situations with, like, characters that I didn't really care for that much, but, like, it tells their, like, background story. Like, almost every character has its own background check in there, because I get the writer just does it. He doesn't care. He, like, makes you have, like, a feeling side for every single character, even if it's a villain. He's like, oh, I'm just gonna throw some background story in there and show them why they're the way they are, and it's, like, really good. Nice! That's that's a really good answer. I, I like that. Um, <laughs> Alright, so... is it, Are you gonna... You got oh, yeah. one? All right, awesome. Go ahead and uh, tell us your name and uh, and answer the question. All right. Uh, I'm Brady Egan, and I'm part of Linear Radio with the two guys before me, Tom and Biafra. Um, so the question is, if you could be any fictional character uh, or in any movie TV universe, which would you be and or which would it be and why? Um, my answer would be Captain America. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. Um, as these guys can tell you, like, I'm really... I don't know, I, I can identify a lot with Captain America. I'm, like, really rigid in my uh, in my views of, like, morality and justice. Nice. Um, and I don't know, like, I definitely, if, if I were to be somebody, it would be Captain America. Like, I feel like if I were part of the Avengers, like, that's who I'm always, like, yeah, I'd be Captain America. Like, I, Iron Man's awesome, and, like, the Hulk is really cool, but, like, uh, just, like, the way that he acts and the way he interacts with people and the, the, uh... Oh, I'm just going to say, like, the moral compass that he adheres to is definitely, like, something that I feel a lot. So, yeah. So that's, that would be my answer for that, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, the, the kind of uh, nobility of, of Captain America and Steve Rogers is just, it's, it's something, like, <clears throat> he's, he's kind of, he's, he's a Boy Scout and everything, but, it, like, one of my favorite things about The Winter Soldier is that it really plays up the 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 moral center that is Steve Rogers and how how when he comes across something that is in conflict with it even if it's from Shield itself like he's he's still against it like he's he doesn't waver from that at all and that's a quality that is just absolutely fantastic and especially in a character that that is from from a property that a lot of like kids will see as well it's it's something that's really really fantastic i, I love it so that's a that's a great answer yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely I, I totally get what you're saying about like the winter soldier because like he was totally not cool with what shield was doing and i was like 
No, I get that. I totally fight back against them too. If if I had Captain America's power, like, uh, yeah, like, like what they were doing was wrong. Like it was inherently wrong and un-American. And I, I'm very like I love America. Like my favorite president is Tod- or Teddy Roosevelt. So like, oh, nice, mine too. Mine yeah. too. So like I feel like Teddy Roosevelt and Captain America get along really well. So absolutely, yeah. they yeah, yeah yeah. Teddy Roosevelt was, he was yeah he was. Just a beast. Uh, just he, so it, yeah, awesome, awesome answer. Yeah. So uh, once again, we're, tell us where we can find Linear Radio and uh, anything else you guys want to say before we go. Um, you find, you find Linear Radio on YouTube. Oh yeah, that's the place that we do the thing. Sorry, we're still pretty tired. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the last day of the con. Everyone's tired. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you can find us on YouTube. We also have a Tumblr and a Twitter and Facebook. Um, usually just like at Linear Radio or some variation uh, thereof. YouTube is YouTube slash Linear or The all Linear Radio. Word. All one word, right? It's all it's all one word, and the first word of each or the first letter of each word is capitalized. Yeah. Nice. Well, right on, guys. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for stopping by. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so uh, go ahead and tell us your name and where you're from and uh, and your answer to the question here. All right, um, I'm Zachary Sadiq. I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana, and um, I write for Pokemon card website, do stuff like that. Really enjoy it. Um, as for myself, uh, if I could be a fictional character in any movie or TV universe, um, it's a really tough decision because there's a lot of movies and TV shows that I really enjoy. Um I suppose, um, I guess I could be uh, Sean Spencer from the TV show Psych, which um, I really enjoy that show, not just because of its humor, but of um, everything about the chemistry between the characters is really well, and um, Sean's just a really funny guy, (laughs) and um, his humor, I wish that I could uh, work well, I'm only partly good at humor, but... um, I, I think he's a really awesome guy as far as the character goes. Very good character development in the show. And I really wish I could be Sean Spencer. Awesome. That's a great pick. And did you say you wrote for uh, something online? Yeah. Uh, tell us uh, where we can find your work. Oh. So um, I write for a Pokemon card website. It's called 60 Cards. We work specifically with the TCG. Um we do lots of competitions and stuff like that. Um, I write in the community. I write uh, lots of um, stuff. My latest one was about how they banned a card recently in the game, and so I wrote about that. And this next one I'm going to be writing about my... Um, since I'm in a competition to win a trip to Worlds, I was going to write about my memories in the game, specifically uh, my childhood memories and stuff like that leading up to the moment I'm at. And... Um, yeah, I really enjoy it. And if you want to check it out, you can write for free and stuff like that. So, Fantastic. That's great. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Jesus. I'm not, I'm not too proud of it, but uh, at, you this point, be. at this you point, I just own it. Yeah. So, uh, okay. Okay. Um, so I'm here with Tyler Hunt from the Nerds You're Looking like For podcast at, uh, at the Nerds Podcast, nerdspodcast.com. Uh, why don't you tell us... Uh, your name, which I already did, and where you're from, and where you can find your podcast, which I already just said. Well, my name's Tyler Hunt, like you said, and I am a nerd you're looking for. We have our podcast uh, at the Nerds Podcast, nerdspodcast.com, all that good stuff. And, and yeah, and uh, yeah, 
<laughs> the last day of the convention, we're all drained. Uh, the, why don't you answer the what, what's your answer for our question of the weekend here? Yeah, that I've, is. Actually, I've actually given this some thought, and I like I love Batman, but I don't want my parents to be dead, so I'm not going to go that route. I'm actually going to go. Have you ever seen the show Entourage? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a really douchey show with really douchey guys, but they live a really sweet life. So, you know, that'd be pretty sweet, I guess. Nice. That's actually our second Entourage answer okay. this uh, this weekend. It's like nice. most of the stuff I like is really dark or, you know, like dr- a dr- drama. So you don't want to be a part of that. You want to be a part of something that's awesome, like their lives, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, I can, I can get behind that. Okay. Nice. Well, thank you, Tyler. Um, yeah, thanks. Thanks, man. All right. Uh, so I'm here down at the Established Facts uh, booth. Uh, and why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourself to uh, say the name, where you're from, and then tell us what, more about the Established Facts and where we can find it. Yeah, uh, this is Big Don from the Established Facts. I am the host of our gaming podcast. And, uh, oh, sorry. You're still talking. Go ahead. Sorry. This is Josh. Uh, I, they call me the producer of the podcast, which really just means I handle everything technical. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And we record in his house, so That's technically. True. Nice. Um, I know how that goes. <laughs> oh, go ahead. No, no, he was. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's Sunday, and it's everyone Sunday. is so confused and are tired. It's Sunday afternoon. It is. At it Popcon. is. It's it's we're all a bit wiry. That's uh, right. So we're asking everyone the the question of the weekend, and uh, what uh, what is your guys' answer? What are your guys' answers? <laughs> so I have thought long and hard about it and by long and hard I mean for at least the last two and a half minutes Um, I think if I was going to be a part of a TV or movie world I would want to be a part of the Star Wars universe nice um, or I would want to be uh, a Marvel character okay nice Uh, which Marvel character oh man um Honestly, Wolverine has always been one of my biggest favorites, but I was just talking to a, a couple uh, friends over on the other side of the exhibit hall, and they reminded me of the love that I have for Venom. Oh, nice. So, you know, and the fact that I really love villains, uh, and he's an awesome villain, so. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. How about you? Well, I wasn't sure if I wanted to step this way, but it, it seemed to make sense. From a story, from a world perspective, TB, I would say Storybrooke from Once Upon a Time. Okay. Because I think it'd be really neat to meet all of those fairy tale characters. Uh, and, and now, granted, they're all backstabbing each other all the time, but it still would be fun to meet. But in terms of a character, you know, I, I was for the longest time a Batman like Mark, big time. I'm really becoming a fan of the Green Arrow. Nice. I've, I've about saying that, but I don't know if I would want as much machine gun action going on in my life as that show has. Well, that's completely reasonable, but you're also de- you're, you're dealing with the same premise of a rich guy who becomes a vigilante, and they're both play. I mean, it's like these guys were neighbors in college right. or something, man. Frat brothers. <laughs> so I'm a big Marvel guy, but in terms of for some reason. The, the Green Arrow, and maybe it's just the way they've handled the Arrow TV series. The Oliver Queen's Green Arrow right now is just, he's just awesome. Definitely. Very nice answer. Very nice answer. Have you guys talked to the Hypable Podcasts yet? Uh, I don't know if they're still there, right? 
right there on the left, the first one there. I we have or not. Okay, I, I think, think so. they have a Once Upon a Time podcast. I think it's called Onceable. Um, Onceable? Yeah. Onceable. Is that, that Donnie's group? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, yeah, but great great job, guys. And uh, once again, where can we find your work and what, what all, what is the Established Facts and where can we find it? And, uh, yeah. The Established Facts is a podcast about all things gaming here in the local Indianapolis, Indiana area. Um, we've got friends from all over the country, but you can find us on www.theestablishedfacts.com. We also have a Facebook page, uh, Facebook slash the Facebook.com slash the Established Facts. And we're also on Twitter at N-D-I-N-D-Y-T-E-F. Very nice. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, guys, and uh, have a good rest of the convention. You too. Thank you. you. All right, so we're here with the last last recording of (laughs) Indie PopCon 2015. Finally, we get Matt Quiet from Nerzaman and Shirley from Nerzaman and your various other endeavors. Uh, So why don't you start by just saying... Telling, telling us, uh, you know, our listeners know already, but uh, who you are, where we can find you guys, and all that stuff, and then answer the question that we've been asking everyone all weekend, yeah. which is, I, I told you what the question is, right? Yeah. No, uh, fi- the question. Fictional characters. Fictional characters. Wait, yeah, you okay, read that. Wait, so, I'll, yeah. You read that quietly to yourself. Oh, I'll answer the, the, okay. the first part. So, uh, we are Nerds Domain. You can find us on nerdsdom.com, and you can find all our podcasts at nerdsdom.com slash nerdcasts. We do a bunch of podcasts. I'm just going to keep it short. This is my fourth time on this podcast. Fourth. So, uh, hopefully I'm your, I'm your highest number of, uh, guests. You're up there. You might Yay! be tied. I'll, to, I'll, I'll run the numbers and get back to you. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, uh, fictional character. If I was any fictional character... That's a tough one because, like, um, there's a lot of options there, but I didn't really think this one through before I started recording. Do you have any thoughts here, sweetie? Oh, yeah. I'm like, I have a ton of them. Like, I keep thinking of all these, um, all the women. Like, I would totally love to be Black Widow, um, Maleficent, definitely, and um, what? Movie and TV. Um, let's Yo. see. Oh, Scully. Oh, nice pick! Nice. There's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of TV and, and movie people that are flawed. So I don't like the flaws. But if I was gonna be somebody without a flaw, it'd be uh, it'd be oh oh shoot, Dresden. Okay, okay. Um, I want to say Jim Butcher, and that's the author. That's the author. But uh, uh, the guy from Dresden Files, because you know, if you take away the bad side where nothing works for him, and you know, he's a mage. He's got it pretty good. Um, but uh, I don't know who else. Uh, you, oh, you know what? Uh, Tyrion Lannister. Because oh, except nice. for a few bad spots, yeah. dude's got it going on. I mean, he's a little short, not a big deal. Gets all the ladies, drinks all the all, everything, and then gets to kill his dad for being a jerk. I mean, Wait, I haven't seen that part. You have? No, I didn't. Yeah. Did I? Uh huh. It was oh, the okay. end of the last season we watched. Right. All right. So I think if I it was out of anybody, I think it would be Scully because of all the adventures, and then she's got that that inner turmoil going on all the time. Yep. So yeah, yep. that would that would be it. Yeah, she's good, and. If you like watching X-Files, they're going to be doing TV binges for X-Files coming soon at uh, tvbinge.com or binge.tv. I don't remember. Right. And they do they do uh, live tweets of that, they right? They do. Yeah. That's what they're going to be doing that whole that, that whole week or weekend that they're going to be doing that, preparing everybody for the new season. 
And that is fantastic. I've been wanting to get into, like, watch the X-Files and everything, because I've only seen it in passing and everything. I remember as a kid being haunted by the, op- the opening theme music oh, yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's so iconic and creepy. But that all, might get me... All 11 seasons on Hulu. All on Netflix, too. Are they on Netflix? Are they yeah. on Netflix, too? Because oh, the Hulu app on our TV is terrible. That's what we haven't watched anymore. <laughs> so we'll be watching those then. Right it on. Should be a, it should, yeah, it's on Netflix. It's pretty high up in my queue. So, yeah. Right cool. All right. Well, uh, thank you so thank much, you. guys. I'm glad we finally got to, you know, do this. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and uh, and yeah. Thanks again for for uh, uh, putting my name in for the panel and everything. And you know, we were happy to have you on yeah. the panel. Nice, awesome. Thanks. All right. Well, thanks, right. guys. Take care. That was all of our booth recordings with YouTubers, podcasters, and creative types with with things to uh, to plug. Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, our final PopCon 2015 episode, where we'll be having all of all of the rest of our booth recordings, where they answered the question: which movie or TV character would you want to be, or what movie and TV universe you would want to be a part of. Uh, once again. Uh, check out shocktoberinirvington.com if you're in the, in the Indianapolis area. Uh, we're hosting an event October 16th at the Irving Theater in Irvington to benefit local filmmakers and also uh, the Irvington Historical Society. We're going to be screening short horror films from local filmmakers, and all the money we all the money we make goes directly to Irvington, the Irvington Historical Society. Irvington is an amazing community, and throughout all of October, they have a uh, they have a bunch of Halloween themed activities, and it's something that you don't really see in a lot of communities these days, at least not that I'm aware of. So help us support Irvington and check out ShocktoberInIrvington.com. Also. This just happened today. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I don't know if this is something that our listeners would be into. But if you are on Reddit, go and check out the newly created um, Obsessive Viewer subreddit at r slash Obsessive Viewer. Um, just created it. Uh, figured I'd throw something out there on Reddit to have anyone, any any of our listeners that want to contact us or or give us feedback on the episodes that don't really want to go through the Twitter, go through Twitter channels or through uh, through Facebook. I wanted to give them an outlet to kind of reach out to us and talk to us and stuff. And I'm usually on Reddit whenever I'm at work and have downtime, which is most of my shift. So check us out, subscribe, r slash obsessive viewer. And uh, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. All right. Uh, okay. So you have your answer? That's how you're going to intro me? No, I'm, I'm making sure <laughs> I before know. I intro oh, you. Yeah, I'm not going to just come <laughs> up here. I've been waiting all weekend to do this. <laughs> I mean, my, my answer is not that intelligent, but whatever. <laughs> I've been very sleepy all weekend. Uh, yeah. I can tell. No. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, okay. So, go ahead and introduce yourself. It's. I'm gonna scrub that out. Yeah, that's. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if I should inter- introduce you or if you want to introduce yourself. Just treat it like you would any other person. Okay. And then I will intro. Myself. Thank you for listening to the Obsessive Viewer, presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. You can find more of our episodes at ovpodcast.com, and you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast app. The Obsessive Viewer's theme song is An Eclipse of Events and is provided by Loudlike from their EP, Mistakes We Must Make. 
You can find that and more great music from them on iTunes and like their Facebook page at facebook.com slash loudlikemusic. Any and all feedback on the podcast is encouraged. You can email the hosts individually at Matt, Tiny, or Mike at obsessiveviewer.com or send an email to the podcast in general at podcast at obsessiveviewer.com. Check out the Obsessive Viewer blog at obsessiveviewer.com where we post movie and TV reviews and the occasional editorial about the business of entertainment. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash theobsessiveviewer and follow us on Twitter at obsessiveviewer, at obsessivetiny, and at IamMikeWhite. If you want more obsessive content in your life, check out our sister site, obsessivebooknerd.com, for book reviews, author spotlights, and a general celebration of reading. Finally, if you're philosophically curious, check out Tiny's side project podcast, The Secular Perspective, which explores the concepts of faith, religion, and existence from the perspective of secular hosts. You can find that at thesecularperspective.com and subscribe to the podcast on the podcatcher of your choice. Again, thank you so much for listening. We love you. Be excellent to each other.